That last song, I'll tell you, it gets me fired up, so that means you guys are in trouble, you know? It's going to be a good day today. Um, all right, here's the, the question I have for all of you today, all right? We're kind of into summer mode now, and here's the thing I want you to think about. If money was no object, you could travel anywhere at all, okay? Nothing's off limits here. Where would you go, all right? Tell somebody next to you. This might be an opportunity for you to give a hint to somebody next to you, like, hey, listen up. All right, how many of you, your, your uh, vacation of your dreams would be somewhere like just super exotic, like a tropical island somewhere, okay, you've got that. How many of you are like, it's just got to be a beach, like it, whatever, it's the beach category, I'm good. Uh, how many of you would take a trip to the mountains somewhere, right, okay. Uh, how many of you would go somewhere like Europe or off to some other country, some other country somewhere. Okay, cool. Um, how many of you guys, and this was kind of my thought is, and this is, doesn't require a lot of money, but how many of you are just like, go, give me somewhere remote? Like, I, take me off the grid. Like, I want to go somewhere remote, like uh, Canada or just somewhere where I want to not see anybody else for a little while, and, uh, and that might be good. Okay, um, regardless of, of where you said, I, I have some bad news for you. I want to bring you back to reality here. Money is an object, okay? And gas prices are over $5. So you might want to decide to take a staycation. That's what our theme is this summer, is staycation. And uh, that might be the best option for somebody. Cincinnati's not that bad. There's good stuff to do here, you know? There's all kinds of fun stuff to do. Some of you are like, I don't know. Okay, well, uh, regardless, that is the topic that we're going to be diving into or me talking about those times in the Bible when it calls us to stay uh, or to have a mentality of staying. And so we're going to be diving into some themes involving this idea of staying today. And today I've got the first topic on my shirt, and uh, that is stay a while. We're going to be talking about the spirit of hospitality and what that looks like. And so somebody asked me if it says stay awake, and uh, that's good too. I'd prefer that you stayed awake, uh, but this, the theme today is to stay a while. And as we talk about hospitality today, it's not just a slogan on a shirt, but it's really the spirit that we embody. And I think that all of us would say, you know what, I kind of like the idea of hospitality. Like at some level, all of us would be like, yeah, I like I like the idea of hospitality, but when the rubber meets the road, do we really live with biblical hospitality? And I, I thought it would be interesting because we actually have the same, uh, you know, thing written on our door. Like we have a little placard that says stay a while. Some of you have like welcome mats out in front on your porch that say welcome or whatever, have nice little sayings on them and themes. I was thinking to myself though, like when you see somebody's shirt like this or you see somebody's welcome mat, it's got something like stay a while on it. How many of you wonder, like, but really, though, like, is that how you feel? Like, you really, and then I thought, like, why don't they make really honest welcome mats? And, uh, you know, because maybe some of these capture the way that you feel a little bit more. You're welcome-ish. It depends on who you are and how long you want to stay, right? Like, that would be a mat that maybe some of you could put out front. What about this one? We're not, we're not, we're, we're probably home, but go away. You know, that's how we feel. Um, what about this one? You're not the pizza guy. Or you're not the Amazon delivery driver, right? Any of those two, and uh, see you later, right? What about this one? Ring the doorbell and run, because we're going to, the dog needs some exercise today. <laughs> I like this one. Audacity. It's a noun. Not calling or texting before stopping by. Use it in a sentence. And here you are with the audacity. <laughs> I love it. 
Some of you moms know what I'm talking about here. The baby's asleep. You best not be knocking on my door. If you wake the baby, the mama bear will tear you up, all right? So you might think before knocking or ringing. Here's for you music lovers out there. Don't stop believing, all right? So I think if we're honest, you know, when it comes to hospitality, you know, the sign on the door might say something like, stay a while, but my internal sign might say something like, stay a little while, but not too long, and then read my nonverbals when I'm ready for you to leave because I want to put the kids to bed and watch part of a documentary and fall asleep. That's a little longer. It doesn't fit on a, a welcome mat as neatly, but, or maybe the sign on my face says, let's stay and connect a while. I want to hear what you have to say, but the sign on the inside says, hey, can we hurry this along because I got some things to do today, right? Maybe the sign on the inside says, um, or, or maybe the message on the phone is, hey, yeah, come on over, but the message, the internal message is, now we got to clean the house, you know, so like let's get working on that. Um, or what we wish to communicate is, I want to truly know you, right, and be known. But what we actually mean is, hey, let's keep this on the surface, you know, I don't want to dig too deep. I don't want things to get too messy. I don't want to get hurt. I don't want my family to get hurt. And I think that for all of us, we like the concept of hospitality. But are we really willing to step into this being more than just a motto into a life Mode, And that's what I want to talk about today, because the truth is, um, this is harder than it sounds. It really is to live this life of hospitality, to do the thing that Paul is calling us to do, which is to simply practice hospitality, practice hospitality in the biblical sense. And so today what I want to do is I want to expand our view of what really uh, is meant by this idea of hospitality. And, uh, and I think in doing so, it, it certainly will challenge all of us. Um, because I think that the truth is, we like hospitality, we like to practice it on our terms, in our time frame, and with only certain people, the people that might be most natural to do so with. We like it as long as it doesn't inconvenience us too much, right? But is that really what biblical hospitality is? I think it's a little bit broader than that. I think it's bigger than that. In fact, I think it's rooted in Jesus' great commandment. And you guys know where I'm going perhaps with this, but Jesus is in this conversation about what's most important, what's most significant in our lives. If we could do one thing, what would it be? And so one of the teachers of the law kind of asked this question, and um, noticing that Jesus had given a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments then, which is the most important? And then the response was this. Jesus said, the most important one is this, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. The second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. And so what Jesus was doing is he, they had this concept of like loving God with all of their heart, you know, in the Jewish context, this would have made sense to them. And he's saying expanding that to, hey, there's these two that are inseparable, loving God and loving people. You can't separate those two things. And the teacher then responded, he said, well said, teacher, you're right in saying that God is, is one and there is no other but him. To love the Lord with all our heart, with all our understanding, with all our strength, and to love our neighbors ourself is more important than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, here's how he responded to him. He said, you are not far from the kingdom of God. With that mentality, with that mindset, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And then I love how it wraps us. Says, Nobody dared ask him any more questions. <laughs> you know? like he's, got, oh, he's got the answer. For Jesus, though, loving God well and loving others well was really 
two sides of the same coin. These two things were inseparable. And so how do we expand our understanding of hospitality? How do we get to that place where we really do that one thing that God calls us to do well, to love him well, and, and because of that, love other people well? How do we move from this being just a, a slogan on a t-shirt or a sign on the door or a mat on our doorstep to it being really a description of who we are as people? How does this move from being just a life motto to a life mode? And that's what I want to spend a little time uh, speaking into today. And, and the truth is, this isn't going to happen overnight. I'm like, you're not going to hear some message and be like, wow, like I should, I'm going to do that more. I'm going to be a hospitable person tomorrow when I wake up. Like I'm going to be the most hospitable person of all time, right? Because I should do that. We know that this is a process, and it's going to really require three important shifts that need to take place at a bare minimum. And so we're going to look at those three shifts today, and the first is a new way of seeing, the second is a new way of relating, and the third is a new way of living. So let's dive into that for just a moment. The first is this new way of seeing. Now, there's this quality that, that I really envy in people, and I'm really, it endears me about people. There's certain people, and you know what I'm talking about, that they, they'll walk up to somebody, or maybe they'll walk up to you, and it's like you were, that you never didn't know them. You know what I'm talking about? It's like there's these people that like they come up to you and they just engage with you in a way. It's like, are we like friends from way back? Because like there's just this like there's no barrier there. There's no stranger with this person, you know? And they're just so good at like just making friends. It's just like this is how it is. Now, my kids have always, and you'll see this with kids, right? They're, somehow they're really good at making friends. Like, they, there's not all the complicated stuff. It's just really simple. Like, there's a dude on the playground. I'm at the playground. We should be friends. We're both here. Like, it just makes sense, right? Like, you want to be my friend, and this is how it goes. And my kids are really good at this. And I'm always, like, watching. I'm like, this is really interesting, like, this dynamic. This is like, you know, and we, 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 we teach, like, the stranger danger thing, right? Like, all that, like, you know. But it's just interesting because, like, they can just, in such an easy way, without a lot of barriers, just have a friendship. They'll tell me about all these friends that they have. They'll be like, when did you meet that person? Like, oh, earlier today. You know, oh, you guys are best friends now. That's, that's awesome, right? As adults, it's a little bit harder, though, right? Because the honest is, the honest thing isn't like, hey, we're just both here. We're both human. We should be friends, you know, or we should at least engage in, in, in a positive way. But as adults, it goes a little bit different. It's more like, I got to size you up first, you know? See if you're friend material, you know? Like, can we really do this friend thing? Because I'm, you know, there's some things I, I'm not really sure about. Oh, you're a Steelers fan. Sorry, you're out. You know, like that's, oh, you voted for that guy. We can't, we can't be friends. Like, we can't talk. Or, oh, that's your view on that? Well, hey, it was nice chatting with you, right? We all do this, whether we acknowledge it or not. Internally, we do this sort of song and dance. And what we are really ultimately doing is we're assessing how costly this relationship might be, right? And more importantly, what I might be able to get out of it. In other words, we're silently asking the question of, hey, what's in this relationship for me? And is it going to cost more than I'm going to actually get out of it? And we quietly assess whether or not our differences are too insurmountable, making the relationship uncomfortable. But hospitality sees deeper than what's on the surface. In fact, it audaciously breaks bread with people who look different, think different, believe different, people who might not naturally connect with us, or we might not naturally connect with them. And that is very countercultural, but it's also very unnatural. And in our postmodern moment, we're constantly told that our differences are too big. Hospitality in a postmodern world is, by the way, not parting. It's, it's not that we have to part with our convictions. It's learning how to blanket our convictions with compassion. 
And that's in arts, isn't it? And what we're doing in this is that we're able to see people more deeply. And this is ultimately the first step before we're ever going to live a true, genuine life of hospitality. We have to be able to see people more differently. Now, I'm not telling you to throw discernment out the window, right? It's funny because anytime you teach about, like, loving your neighbor, people are always thinking about the guy on the side of the road. Like, that, that's the one thing we're talking about. It's like, that means I just pick up the hitchhiker. Like, that's, if I do that, like, that's what God's calling me to do. And I don't know. You have to discern that for yourself, you know? Like, I, I don't know. But I, you should use discernment. I'm not telling you to pick somebody off the side of the road that's, like, sharpening his axe collection. Like, you know, on the side of the road, you're like, I'm going to let a cruiser pick that guy up. Like, I'm not going to pick that guy up, right? Like, I, I'm going to pass on that one, right? Um, so I'm not telling you not to show discernment. I'm not telling you to not have boundaries. In fact, what you'll find is when you set healthy boundaries, it leads to healthy relationships. It allows you to practice hospitality better when you set those boundaries out in advance. So don't hear me say that. Here's what I'm saying. Hospitality starts with seeing people the way that God sees people. This is really the starting point. I'm saying hospitality begins with thinking differently about others. I love what the message version of 1 Corinthians 5, the way it captures this. It says this, our firm decision is to work from this focused center. One man died for everyone. That puts everyone in the same boat. He included everyone in his death so that everyone so that everyone could also be included in his life, a resurrection life, a far better life than people ever lived on their own. Because of this decision, then, we don't evaluate people but what they have or how they look. We, look at the, we looked at the Messiah that way once, and by the way, we got it wrong, as you know. We certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Now we look inside, and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created anew. The old life is gone. A new life emerges. Look at that. All this comes from the God who settled the relationship between us and him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. God put the world square with himself through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. God has given us the task of then telling everyone what he is doing. We are Christ's representatives. I mean, how would that shift our relationships if we saw people differently, if we saw people through the eyes of Jesus, if we saw people the way that Jesus saw them, not from an earthly, human, fleshly point of view, but from a heavenly point of view. But here's the deal with that. That is really hard. The stay a while mentality takes time. And if I'm just going to be honest, as I've been on this journey, to get to the place where my heart really says, stay a while, I've got to pray a while. I mean, I really do. I have to sit with the Lord on this. I've got to let him do something internally in me. And I've ultimately got to pray this prayer. But by the way, this is a dangerous prayer. God, give me your eyes. Give me your eyes. Help me to see others the way that you see them. Make me your ambassador. Help me to see beyond the exterior. Help me to see into, God, who you created in this person. Help me to see your image in this person. Rosaria Butterfield, she advocates for a return to what she calls radical, ordinary hospitality in the book that she wrote called The Gospel Comes with a House Key. She says this about it. She says, radically ordinary hospitality values the time it takes to invest in relationships, to build bridges, to repent of sins of the past, to reconcile. Bridge building and remaking friendships can't be rushed. 
The word hospitality approximates the Greek word phileozenia, which means love of the stranger. Practicing ordinary, radical ordinary hospitality is your street credibility with your post-Christian neighbors. It allows you to listen, to keep secrets, to be a safe friend, and to speak a word of grace into dark places. In post-Christian communities, your words can be only as strong as your relationships. Your best weapon is an open door, a set table, a fresh pot of coffee, and a box of Kleenex for the tears that spill. So we have to first get to this place where we see others through this new lens. We see others the way God sees them. And so it's a new way of seeing. It's also a new way then of relating. You know the best way to see people? It's the best way that you can see anything closer. You get closer. Jess has been giving me a hard time because she went and got the little eye exam at the BMV and she crushed it. She was like, I saw it. I was like, and I told her, I told you guys, Sue, how bad I did on it. And they just basically let me through. You know, I was like, she's like, you really should get glasses. You know, I was like, no, I can see fine as long as I'm close enough. You know, and that's, that's the reality for this. It's like when it comes to seeing people, we can't tr- do what the culture tells us, like see people from a distance, right? Like, oh, I see you, you know, I see what you posted there. Like, that's enough. Like, I see enough. I've seen enough, right? Or, hey, I see, I see what you're wearing, I see how you're acting, whatever it might be. And we see people from a distance, and what we're taught to do in this cultural moment, and it's happening all over the place, is we make assessments and assumptions from a distance. And surprise, surprise, we get it wrong a lot of times. Or at a bare minimum, we don't get the full story, right? And so we rush to conclusions about other people. But hospitality takes us out of the shallow end of the relational pool into the deep end of real authentic relationships. It's uncomfortable there. It's a vulnerable place to be when you actually are honest about who you are and you invite someone else into that same place. And the reason that most of us never get to the place of true hospitality is because we're not willing to get that uncomfortable. But friends, this was the way of Jesus. He moved in close. He didn't make assumptions from a a distance. He sat around the table with people marked as sinners. He was inviting people into his life that everyone else was pushing into the margins of society. He was willing to see people and know people that nobody else wanted to take a shot on. Nobody else wanted to listen to. He was reaching out and he was touching those people that were labeled unclean by society. He was seeing past rough and messy exteriors, peering into the hearts of people. And one of the best stories, maybe you remember this old Bible story, you got this guy named Zacchaeus, you know, he was a wee little man, a wee little man was he, remember that's kind of how the song goes, the story goes about this guy, like that was the thing about him is he was a wee little man. But he was also a tax collector, which means nobody liked the guy, because he made his living like stealing from you, like that's what he did, it's like I'm going to take a little extra on your taxes this year. You know, that part will be for me. And so he didn't have a lot of friends. He wasn't getting invited to a bunch of dinner parties, right? But something was compelling to him about this person of Jesus. And Jesus was walking through town. And Zacchaeus, being this wee little man that he was, he couldn't see Jesus. But he's like, i got to see this guy. i got to lay eyes on him for myself. And so he goes out and he climbs this tree so he can get up above the crowd. And I'm sure he wasn't expecting what happened next to happen. And Jesus is walking along, and he reached the spot where Zacchaeus was. And Jesus looks up at him in the tree. And I love what it says there. He, when he reached the spot, he looked up, and he said to him, Zacchaeus. He calls the dude by name. Come, and and, and he, said, he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. 
So when Jesus tells you to come down, you get out of the tree. Sure enough, he did. And he said this, I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and he welcomed him gladly. When Jesus invites himself over to your house, you say yes. And so sometimes hospitality is inviting someone in. Sometimes hospitality is breaking into their world, right? Meeting them where they're at and being willing to take that initiative to pursue that person. And what I love about this is before Zacchaeus was ever looking for Jesus, Jesus was looking for Zacchaeus. And he already knew his name. He looked up and said, Zacchaeus, I see you. I know you. And by the way, I'm coming to your house today. And then the result was they sit down, they have dinner together, they have a meal. And somehow in that short amount of time, Zacchaeus' life is turned upside down because he's accustomed to robbing people. And he knew that. And he was struck in the heart. I don't know what the conversation involved. But here Zacchaeus was like, tell you what, Jesus, like, I'm going to give back all of what I've stolen from people and then some. And so his life is turned upside down, and Jesus leaves him, and he just says this, today salvation has come to this house. Okay, let's go to the next house, you know? I mean, what a beautiful picture of what relationship can do. And that is what Jesus sought with people, and it's what we should seek with people as well. Just as Jesus calls us by name and pursues us, we do that for other people. There is this beautiful quote that I shared yesterday with our parents at our parent roundtable, and it's from a neuroscientist who studies a lot of dynamics and challenges that have kind of arisen from, uh, for people. And one of the things that he discovered as kind of an essential need was uh, this idea of engage, what he calls everybody has this need for engagement. And what he, how he captures that is in this one quote that says this, each of us comes into the world looking for someone looking for us. I mean, we're inherently born with this sense of looking for someone looking for us, and ultimately that someone is God. And by the way, he's already looking for you. He already knows your name. He's in pursuit of you. And as Christ's ambassadors then, we get to be the front line of Jesus to say, listen, I'm going to pursue you in the way that Jesus pursues you. I'm going to love you in the way that Jesus loves you. Yeah, your life's a mess. I'm okay with that. We'll walk together. We'll take this journey together, and we'll see what Jesus can do to turn your life upside down in the same way he's been doing it over and over again all throughout the course of human history. So that is our mission. The way that we say it over here at Kala is I say, you know, never know who's going to come through those doors. We try to tell our staff this. It's like, we never know who's going to come through those doors. And I've been so amazed at how many different times that person has come through those doors, and it's like God just brought them to our doorstep. And we get to have conversations, and we get to see what God does. And sometimes it's really simple, and we never know the result of it. But what we talk about is, hey, we should always be leaving people better than we found them. And, and you guys should all try to fill their cup in more ways than one. So that's the mission. And this is what hospitality does. It doesn't just see people more deeply, although it does do that. It values people more completely. And in doing that, it seeks to know people more fully. But have I warned you yet? Have I said it's hard and it's costly? I mean, think about what we're called to do in Philippians 2, 2 through 4. These are all great sentiments, but this is a tough thing to live out. Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Wait, nothing? Nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, here's the crazy part, count others more significant than yourself. Where do you see that in our culture? Not many places. 
Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So when we had these shirts made, I was like, man, this is great. Well, we're gonna, this is going to be the perfect thing to put on our T-shirts to like, capture our, our heart of hospitality. This is one of our core values at Kala. And I was actually joking because I was talking to like a, a chamber group about this. And I was telling them about our motto and how, like, hey, yeah, we want to put these on the T-shirt. And, you know, as I was describing this, I was like, you know, we actually mean that here. Like, we, for, we really didn't put a drive through in for a specific reason. We want people to actually come in here and stay. Like, we want, we want them to stay. And uh, that's fine. Drink your, you know, $2 cup of coffee, hang out all day. Like, we we'll, we'll look forward to getting to know you. And, and we sort of, this is how we lead out. And the funny thing is, to all of them, there's a bunch of business guys at the chamber. They're like, that sounds like the worst business model ever. Because you know what's a better business model? Chipotle. You know what's a better business model? McDonald's. You get as many people through that thing as you can, you know, throughout the day. And you go into Chipotle, and it's like they're fast. They get it done. And then their seats are like the worst seats in the world. And your back starts, and you're like, I got to go. Like, I can't even sit here anymore. I want to finish my burrito, you know? And then you have to leave because it's like you can tell. Like, they're just, okay, somebody else's turn. Somebody else needs a seat, you know, and that's the business model. And so I have to say about this, you know, it's the great model, but it's a bad business model. It really is. So that's why when I told Stephen about it, I was like, hey, you know, this really captures our, our value of hospitality. He said, maybe we should make the T-shirt stay a while but buy a lot. And I was like, there you go. That, that settles it. But hospitality, I just have to warn you, it's not the most profitable way to live. Hospitality is choosing generosity at the expense of personal profitability. And that's a tough choice. And it's a choice that people who want to practice the art of hospitality, they're willing to make it over and over again. Choosing generosity at the expense of personal profitability. In other words, we have to open up our, before we even open up our homes, we have to open up our hearts. We have to be willing to weigh that cost. And as we do that, it translates into this new way of living. Hospitality is a mentality, but it's more than that. Hospitality is a heart posture, but it's more than that. It translates into a lifestyle and an unnatural one at that. We have to remind ourselves what it says in Romans, that God does not show favoritism. I mean, think about that for a second. And I'm quite glad it's true. You see, when God rolls out the welcome mat, it's an open invitation. It's an open invitation. God wants all to come to repentance. It's, a, it's an open invitation. God wants all to be at the party. A few weeks ago, we, were, uh, we had gotten our pool passes to the Mason Pool, which we do every year, and I was like, we're going day one. Like, we're, the kids were excited. We're like, we're going to be there day one. We're going to the pool. And so I got them all hyped up, and I was like, okay, it's like May in, in Ohio. That's kind of iffy. You never know what you're getting. But I'm like, I don't care if it's like, what the weather's like. If I had to wear my winter coat up to the pool, like, we're going, you know. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna be the first there. And so we went up to the pool, and it was a cold day. 
of course, you know. And so we get up to the pool, and, like, my kids are, like, shivering before we even get in the water. We're like, come on, guys, it's going to be awesome. You know, I'm, like, getting them all hyped up. Like, and we walk in the pool. It's the most amazing thing. Because, number one, people don't realize it, but the pool is heated, you know. Come on. So we're, like, going in, and it's empty. Like, nobody else is there. I got lifeguards that are all there to watch my kids, you know. I'm like, this is perfect, you know. We had, like, it was, like, us and one other family that's messed up in the head like us, you know. And we're out there, and we're just enjoying the pool and the water slides are all ours, and the little, you know, the basketball hoops are all ours. It's like I had for, like, this moment in time, the most awesome personal backyard pool of all time, because nobody else was there. It was insane. It was amazing. Our kids were loving it, and then there was times where they're getting in the water, like, and I'm like, no, come over here. Like, here's where the heat comes out, and we're, like, standing next to the heat, and, like, it was great. It was awesome, and it was such a good day until that moment when, and I don't know who did it, because there's only a couple of us there, Somebody let the secret out. Like somebody, somebody invited everybody to my private pool party. I'm like, what's going on? Like, we're having so much fun out here. And then all of a sudden, it's like the, like the swim team got here, and like some bus rolled up with a bunch of teenagers, and like they're just like overtaking the pool. And I'm just standing there like, really? Like, really? And it was interesting because I had sort of this mindset of, because in the short amount of time there, I had somehow forgotten that this was not my pool. You know, I'm sorry. Like this, what are y'all doing in my pool, you know? And why are you all here? It was the community pool. Now, this sounds silly, right? Of course it's the community pool. Josh, that's not your pool. It's the city of Mason's pool. Like all those people have every right to be there. They should be there, right? What's my point? It's not just our kingdom. God's kingdom. But we get so settled, we get so complacent and sort of drawing these lines and making these barriers and making it hard for, for people to really join up with us. And I, I think we have to evaluate that. We have to evaluate our own lives. Are we just trying to kind of operate in this safe little bubble and protect and preserve? Or are we still on the mission of Jesus, which is to say, roll out the welcome mat? We want everybody to come to the party. We have to change our mindset. We have to change our heartbeat. And we have to ultimately do it by changing then our actions and our lifestyle. And people who live with hospitality, they're constantly living under an important realization. What's mine's not really mine. What's mine is God's. My house isn't really my house. It's God's house. My material blessings, they're, they're not just meant for me to hoard. They're gifts for God, from God, to be shared. My family isn't just God's family, to be preserved and protected like delicate china. They each have something to offer the world. My time isn't really just my time. It's a precious gift from God. My giftings and skill sets, they're not just for me. They're meant for the world. They're meant for the kingdom. And when we come to this realization, hospitality is the only way that makes sense. We start asking, if this was God's home, how would he open it up today? How would he use it? Who would he invite over? If this really is God putting dinner on my table, who else can I invite around the table? Who else can I ask to join us? We start asking the question of, hey, if this is God's time, if this is God's week, if he was going to lay out my agenda, maybe we sit at the beginning of the week and be like, all right, God, what's on the agenda this week? Why don't you tell me rather than me telling you this week? And what kind of beautiful kingdom things could emerge if we did that? And here's what you can't miss. To stay a while, spirit takes sacrifice, but the result is something beautiful. 
It really is. The more that we step into it, the more we see that we're refreshed in the process. That same day that we went to the pool, we, uh, we went out to Prasco Park. And if you don't know what happens out at Prasco Park, it, I'm scared to tell you because, you know, again, it's supposed to be my secret. But I'll, I'll tell you. But they, have in the com- they invite the entire community out. They give all kinds of free food. I mean, there's La Rosa's pizza sometimes, Chick-fil-A sometimes, like hot dogs and hamburgers. I mean, it is like it's, everything's free. And my kids are like, that's free? That's free. Like, that's, that's, that, it's all free. Like, take a book, take a, take a prize, take whatever, you know. Take the seat, you know. No, you got to leave that. Okay. But just about, it's, everything is free. Like, and I'm like, this is so amazing. And they just invite the community out. And it's funny because the community comes out. Why? Because free is the universal language. Like, it really is. It's like, it, oh, that, this event is free? Really free? Okay, cool. I, we don't care about baseball. You know, there's a baseball game going on. But we got bouncy houses that are free. All the rides are free. All the games are free. Everything's free. And so, we're hanging out, we're having a great time. And it's interesting because I was like there and I was just thinking about that and I was thinking about the fact of my attitude earlier about the pool and I was just thinking, man, this is just like, this is a taste of heaven. I mean, not just because everything's free, although that, the hot dogs were a bit of a taste of heaven as well. You know, the meal was a taste of heaven. This is a taste of heaven because here we had our entire community gathered together. I mean, people that look different than me, people that think different than me, people that I probably could have some good debates with, you know, like all, we're all here together and we're just in this one place and we're all speaking the universal language of free and we're all diving into the stuff. And the truth is, we're all coming together in the name of Jesus because that's, how, that's the kind of party they're throwing. They're giving out books, they're giving out, the staff is sort of presenting themselves in the way of Jesus. So you just taste that, you can sense that spirit, you can sense that hospitality and you really can't miss Jesus when you're there and I love it. It's the attitude, it's the mentality. And I just thought to myself, you know, this is all because somebody decided to put up a welcome mat out in front of their life that simply said, hey, we want you to come and stay a while. Come and stay a while. When we do this, we proclaim the gospel message, which is this. We want you to be with us, and God wants you to be with him. And in doing so, we discover the beautiful outcome of hospitality, which is this hospitality is a foretaste of heaven. This is how we give people a taste of heaven. This is how we give people a taste of life with God is through the vehicle of hospitality. Our post-Christian neighbors, uh, as Rosaria Butterfield says, need to hear and see and taste and feel authentic Christianity, hospitality spreading from every Christian home that includes neighbors in prayer. Food, friendship, child care, dog walking, and all the daily matters upon which friendships are built. Why? Because hospitality is a foretaste of heaven. It is in practicing hospitality that we bring heaven to earth. And as Jesus says, the king will say to those on his right, come, you are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to eat? Thirsty and give you something to drink. When do we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When do we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? 
And the king will reply, truly, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Here's my encouragement as we wrap up. Before, you, before your life says stay a while, you might need to pray a while. Let God change your heart on this first and foremost. Pray that dangerous prayer. God, help me to see others the way that you see them. And then here's step two. Start. Start. Put this into action. You're not going to regret it. Step three, start small. Like I said, you're not going to wake up tomorrow and just like, I'm throwing some huge bash. Like we're going event style. This Somehow we think big and this totally undercuts us then when we're like, man, it didn't work out. Start small. Every conversation is an opportunity for hospitality. There is somebody in your life right now that just needs somebody to listen to them. There's somebody in your life right now that nobody else is noticing that just needs you to notice them. So start small. Start with one simple conversation. Start with one small act of hospitality and ask God to continue to, by the power of his spirit, show you more and more opportunities for you just in a small way step into it more and more. Start where you are at. Start with who you are with and let God lead you. You guys know that a couple, and I'm the guy that's guilty of like, let's do something big. Like we're gonna start something new. Like let's go. Like I wanna, and so I, I started doing this thing a while back. I called it Open Table Tuesday because for it to be hospitality, it has to have a ring like that to it. So I'm like, Open Table Tuesday, and I joked for a while that it was like Empty Table Tuesday. And it sort of broke my heart because I'm like, nobody wants to hang out with me. Like I said, Open Table. Like no, the table is open, and I'm the only one sitting at the table, you know? And some of my friends showed up just to let me know that, like, they felt sorry for me. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of kidding. Like, there was some people that came. It was, it was good. But I, like, I, like, set out on this big mission. Like, every, we're going to change lives one Tuesday at a time. Like, just open table. Like, that's, you know. And uh, the truth is I got kind of tired, you know. And I, things came up on Tuesdays. And then my Tuesdays sort of, like, disappearing. And, uh, and so it sort of, you know, fizzled out. But it was a good thing. And so... I decided this time, and again, like I said, for it to be hospitality, it's got to have a ring to it. So I'm going to do free coffee Friday. And that's just this week because I'm going to see how it goes. If nobody wants to hang out with me, even with me bribing them with coffee, then I'm going to just can the whole thing. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm just kind of joking. You guys are all serious right now. Um, but I'm just going to do this Friday. I was like, oh, one small step. What could I do? I was like, come, if you come have a conversation with me, if you need prayer, if you just need somebody to listen, whatever, I'm going to hang out at Kala on Friday, and I'll buy your, I'll buy your coffee. All you have to do is sit and have a conversation. So it might just be something simple like that. It might be a Taco Tuesday. It might be just one backyard barbecue. We're like, you know what? I haven't met my neighbors yet. I should take a step out in that way. To sit, to listen. I don't know what it looks like for you. Allow God to challenge you on that. But just start. Start and start with prayer. Pray a while before you say stay a while. And then take a step towards that. 